In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Usually, I love spending my week thinking about the scripture so that I can come up with a sermon to preach to all of you. But this week, I've been forced to think about temptation and sinning. And of course, that's always difficult. Who wants to think about that? And as I was thinking about the sermon, I got a call from one of my peripheral parishioners. These are people that I am their priest, but they don't come to church here at St. Peter's. But somehow, they still consider me their priest. And it was a desperate call from a gentleman who I've known since I came to St. Peter's. And he was calling me because he had heard that his brother had extorted over $150,000 from an organization that he had worked for. And obviously he was quite disturbed, but his brother had called to tell him that this news wasn't true, and although the Attorney General of New York State was calling him, or would be calling him, not to believe what he was hearing about him. So he asked me to make some calls on his behalf, and I did, and I found out that, in fact, it was true that his brother had extorted the money and that the reason he wasn't in jail was because the prosecution lawyers hadn't put together the witness list by the deadline time, so when it came time for the trial, the prosecution couldn't call any witnesses. So he had gotten off on uh, a, a detail in, in the court, the way the courts work. So. But the Attorney General was after him to pay some of this money back, and they were pursuing another legal way of, of getting to him. And the man who called me was beside himself. He couldn't believe this about his brother, and then he wanted to somehow justify why he had taken all this money. And he said, well, in one of our first conversations, he says, my brother has a child who has a very rare disease, and probably he took the money so he could help this child get the medical treatments that she needed. But as the story came out, it became apparent that his brother had taken the money because he wanted to buy a particular car, that he wanted to live a particular lifestyle, that he wanted to go on an exotic vacation. This was devastating to the man who called me. And as we wrestled through, through several hours of phone conversations together, this problem of sin and temptation, and that some of the conclusions we came to is that we all sin, but it's on a, a, a scale. It it's, goes from the little sin of maybe going over the speed limit that we all do, to extortion, to sins that are severe, sins that can hurt and create havoc in other people's lives. But sinfulness is sinfulness, and we're all subject to that. We all have our moments of weakness. So Lent is a time to look at what are our weaknesses. How can we strengthen ourselves? How do we avoid those moments of temptation that lead to sinfulness. In the gospel today, we hear of the temptations that the devil extends to Jesus, 
a Bible-quoting devil. God help me if I ever get in one of those situations. <laughs> and does the devil know his Bible? And he quotes it to Jesus, trying to lure him in. To the first temptation, you're hungry, you're famished, turn the stones into bread. And if you go to Israel, there are stones everywhere. The opportunity was right there in front of Jesus. But Jesus has vowed to obey God. Jesus has chosen another way, and Jesus doesn't give in to that temptation not to obey God. And then the next temptation is he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. This, I think, is one that we wrestle with ourselves all the time. It's that invitation to power through the wrong door. Worship me, you can have all of this. For us, that's worship whatever but God. It's worship this car, worship this house, covet this job, worship this income level. At what cost? At what price? Jesus does not let the lure of power get in his way. He does not allow his pride to get between him and God. And then the last temptation, which I think, again, we all are subjected to, put God to the test. How many times have we said, God, give me a sign? Or God, if please do this. Or God, I don't think you're there. Our faith is in doubt. And we, we put God to some sort of test that we create. Jesus refused. So why is it that Jesus, although tempted like us, as we hear in our Eucharistic prayer now all through Lent, Jesus who was tempted like us but yet did not sin, why didn't Jesus sin? Well, we can say it's because he's the Son of God. Well, what we hear in the Gospel is that Jesus was filled with the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit, and it was the Spirit who led him into the wilderness. And one way to keep ourselves from sin is to fill ourselves up with the Spirit. So in Lent, it's typically been our tradition to give something up or to take on a spiritual discipline. It's very important that intentionally we reorient ourselves to God and give something up and take on a spiritual discipline because this is what will fill us up with the Spirit. And when we give something up, unlike as children, we give up chocolate or what else did I give up? Watching a favorite TV program. For us adults, what's important for us to give up is to give up whatever is distracting us from our relationship with God. Maybe we feel we're too busy to sit and pray. Maybe we fill our lives with too much noise, television, the radio, every time you get in the car, so we don't have to think, so we don't have to be with ourselves, so we don't have to be with God. Just to have a moment this morning to sit, to pray, to think, what is keeping me from a deeper relationship with God? We can fill ourselves up in other ways. We can spend time with scripture. 
with inspirational music, at church, with one another, by being present in the moment, to make whatever we're doing a spiritual practice. I went skiing on Friday by myself. I've never done that if nobody wanted to go with me. So I thought, well, I don't go where I go. And I took one run down the mountain, and I didn't remember any part of it. Because <laughs> I was thinking about work. Oh, I thought, how can I, I'm, I'm a fairly decent skier, because <laughs> it was a steep slope. But how can I do that without being present to it? How often do we catch ourselves not living in the moment? Lent is an intentional time of reorienting ourselves back toward God, removing the stumbling blocks that keep us from a deeper relationship and adding in something that'll fill us up with joy and the Spirit. Because we all sin. We all give in to that temptation in some way or another. And some have worse consequences than others, but it is in reality still sin. And so what's important for all of us, because we do sin, is that we get back up and back oriented toward God. I was amazed at the skaters in the Olympics. My, I came home one night, my husband was glued in front of the television watching the, the men skaters because I watched that up close and personal and now I can't go to bed until this guy skates and he didn't skate till midnight, it was brutal. But what was amazing in watching the skaters is that when they fell, it was so horrifying and disappointing, but they got right back up immediately and they had to get themselves back into the program find their place in a very complicated set of moves and foot maneuvers and arms and jumps and have a smile on their face and continue. Unlike the skiers who, if they fall, they can lay there and cry. <laughs> but the skaters, they have to get up. That's what we're called to do. When we're filled with the Spirit, sometimes we sin and we're disappointed and we let ourselves down, but what's important is that we have enough Spirit to get ourselves back up, back into the program, into the steps that we know are the steps that we need to take. And it's God who sustains us and keeps us in the moments when we're in our own wilderness, when we're struggling to to get away from our own sinfulness. So let us this Lent fill ourselves up with the Spirit, remove what's blocking a deeper relationship with God so that the joy can come flooding in.